Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval renaissance and baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Coming up, we'll speak with Tafel Musik's Alison Mackay about their multimedia concert, The Galileo Project. Plus, we'll explore the small guitar-like instrument, the vihuela, and we'll follow the path of the Pied Piper in a featured recording from Norbert Rodenkirchen. take a quick look back in time. We spun the wheel and it landed on 1600. Giordano Bruno, a Dominican friar, astronomer, mathematician, and philosopher, was declared a heretic by Pope Clement VIII. Of chief offense to the Roman Catholic Church was Bruno's radical conception of the universe. Like Copernicus, Bruno understood that the Earth orbited around the Sun in a heliocentric system. Looking up at the night sky, the scholar posited an infinite number of stars, each the nexus of its own solar system. On February 17, 1600, authorities burned Bruno at the stake, and his ashes were scattered in the Tiber River. Today, Bruno is hailed as a champion of radical scientific inquiry and uninhibited intellectualism. In Florence, Euridice, an opera with music by Jacopo Peri, was published. The opera premiered at the Palazzo Pitti with Peri himself in the title role. Ottavio Rinucci composed the libretto, basing its plot on the legend of Orpheus and Eurydice. A number of Giulio Caccini's entourage took part in the initial production. Eventually, Caccini's own compositions were adopted into the opera. Considered to be the second example of modern opera after Perry's Daphne, Eurydice incorporated an innovative blend of sung and spoken text. This approach reflected tenets of the seconda pratica, which include a preponderance of dissonance, dramatic shifts in affect, and the elevation of text over music. Eurydice was composed in celebration of King Henry IV of France's marriage to Maria de' Medici. For this reason, the figures Orpheus and Eurydice have been paralleled with King Henry and his new bride. Some argue, however, that this particular comparison had little basis in reality. Henry and Maria suffered an unhappy marriage that culminated in the former's assassination in 1610. Following Henry's death, Maria served as regent for her son Louis XIII of France until he came of age. 1600 also marks the year that Scotland adopted the use of Pope Gregory XIII's calendrical reform. The Julian calendar was exchanged for the Gregorian calendar, and celebration of the new year was moved from March 25th to January the 1st. This change to the calendar year accommodated the date of the vernal equinox and the subsequent celebration of Easter. England, Ireland, and the British colonies followed suit over a century later with the passing of the Calendar Act. This has been a look back at the year 1600. I'm Angela Mariani. 
You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section, along with early music t-shirts, totes, and books in our gift shop at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Consort combines different sized instruments of the same family or mixes instruments from different families. On this edition of Harmonia, as part of an ongoing exploration of the Renaissance consort, we're focusing on the vihuela. The vihuela is a small, guitar-like instrument that flourished in Spain, Italy, and Portugal during the 15th and 16th centuries. In the 15th century, the vihuela became an especially popular instrument in Spain, rivaling other contemporary stringed instruments such as the lute and harp.
Exploring the Vihuela, we heard Lex Eisenhart perform Luis de Narvaez' Fantasia del Quinto Tono. Before that, Chambure Vihuela Quartet with Carrie Henneman Shaw performed Luis de Narvaez' variations on Citantos Alcones. The vihuela was distinct from the guitars played in the Renaissance and Baroque periods, and ironically many believe that it was the vihuela that strongly influenced the construction of the modern guitar. Although typically plucked, some players chose to bow upon their vihuelas, a practice that helped spark the development of the viola de gamba. The first musical publication for vihuela was El Maestro by Luis de Milan. Music printed for vihuela was presented in tablature, similar to that which today's guitarists read. Vihuelas who couldn't read from scores or part books could still learn how to play a piece according to its proper fingering.
Jose Miguel Moreno and Eligio Quintiero played Luis de Milan's Fantasia No. 35 on vihuelas. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. Musik Baroque Orchestra in Toronto, Canada has been a leading advocate of historical performance for over 30 years. In 2012, the orchestra released a CD and DVD of a concert about Baroque astronomers. The Galileo Project combines music, words, and images from a variety of sources, including pictures from the Hubble Space Telescope, words from music treatises and poetry, and music from some of the greatest composers of the 17th and 18th century. Opening piece from Tafelmusik's concert, The Galileo Project, we heard the first movement of Vivaldi's Concerto in A Major for Two Violins, Opus 3, Number 5. 
Harmonia's roving reporter Keith Collins recently spoke with the creator of this special project, Tafel Music's double bass player Allison Mackay. She explained how this production came together. The process of constructing a program like this is a kind of long one, as you can imagine. It. Writing the text and choosing the music uh, has to go kind of hand in hand, and then it, as it gets uh, woven together, you want it to have a kind of I- inner logic. And in looking for places of intersection between music and astronomy, um, there aren't that many obvious ones. There isn't a lot of Baroque music, actually, about astronomy. There's a wonderful aria from Handel Sampson about a total eclipse, and there are a few instrumental pieces about comets. There's some wonderful music by, of course, by Galileo's own family, because they were famous lute players and composers in their own time. But apart from that, uh, you had to use a little bit of well, reading and imagination to think about how to construct a whole program. And so the points of intersection I found were, first of all, the idea of the music of the spheres, which of course was very current at the time. The idea that celestial bodies emitted their own music and when the world was or the universe was in harmony with itself, that those bodies were were in harmony. And that's a concept most beautifully and in detail expressed by by Kepler in his Harmonia Mundi. And in places in in Shakespeare, there's a beautiful speech from the Merchant of Venice uh, where Lorenzo talks about the patterns of bright gold in in the sky. And that's the narration which begins the concert. Then there is a section about music from Galileo's Italy in northern Italy from his time and, of course, musicians he would have known and who would have known his father who was very involved in the Florentine Camerata and the beginnings of of opera. And we have the wonderful lute player Lucas Harris playing with us and he plays a beautiful toccata by uh, Michelangelo Galilei, Galileo's younger brother. And Lucas kind of takes on the persona in a way of Galileo himself. He's portrayed as comforting himself playing the lute. Thank you. 
Tafelmusik's Lucas Harris performed the Toccata for Solo Lute by Michelangelo Galilei, followed by the Moresca from Monteverdi's Orfeo, played by Tafelmusik for the Galileo Project. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Welcome back. 
We're speaking with Allison Mackay, double bass player for Tafel Music Baroque Orchestra and creator of their multimedia program, The Galileo Project. The idea for this celestial-themed project came from one of Tafel Music's longtime subscribers, John Percy, an astronomy professor who happened to be on the planning committee of Canada's International Year of Astronomy. In 2009, that organization celebrated the 400th anniversary of Galileo's first use of the telescope. In addition to Percy's suggestion, it had been Alison Mackay's long-standing dream to create a production with some theatrical staging and lighting design that wouldn't be degraded by lights on music stands. Well, of course, this meant that the orchestra would need to perform the entire concert from memory. Here Alison talked about how that idea was received by her colleagues. Of course, as musicians, we memorize from time to time. Soloists have to memorize, or as children, we memorized our piano recitals. But um, that's not the same as memorizing an inner viola part in a Handel concerto grosso like that, which doesn't necessarily have, necessarily have very much inner logic. And from the beginning, there were some people who were very, very enthusiastic, and some people were... Um, not surprisingly, very nervous about it. I mean, some people find it much easier to memorize than others. I know for my own part, I've always thought of myself as someone who could memorize easily. But then when it actually came to, I, I play the double bass in the orchestra, when it came to memorizing all those bass parts, it was a huge piece of work. And the, in the end, the orchestra took it on on their own time. It, it was just amazing. We would be traveling on tour and um, we would have these things called called play dates where people even in twos and threes would get together to practice their memorization and uh, there was just a kind of excitement about it. I think in a way you've, you really felt like real musicians, like people around the world who don't need to play for music or who are, who are playing from a very long tradition and um, so it gave us a lot of freedom. So there's been a lot of enthusiasm about that.
From Tafel Music's recording The Galileo Project, a special multimedia program that required the orchestra to memorize the entire concert. We heard the Allegro from Handel's Concerto Grosso in D major, opus 3, number 6, the entrance of Jupiter from Rameau's opera Hippolyte et Arissi, and finally excerpts from Jean-Baptiste Lully's lyric tragedy Phaeton. Tafelmusik released a CD and DVD of the Galileo Project on its own label, Tafelmusik Media, in 2012. The orchestra's next special multimedia program, called House of Dreams, focuses on Baroque paintings and will begin touring in the spring of 2013. You can find a link to our entire conversation with Allison Mackay, along with hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts, online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Our featured release recalls the town of Hamlin, Germany, in the year 1284. Remember the legend of a Pied Piper who rid the town of its calamitous rat infestation? After being denied compensation for his service, the Piper lured Hamlin's children away with beguiling music, never to be seen again. In this 2012 recording, flutist Norbert Rodenkirchen follows the trail of the Pied Piper, reconstructing pieces similar to those the piper may have played.
Norbert Rodenkirchen performed a medieval piece by Witzlaw III of Rügen. Rodenkirchen draws on a wealth of sources in this musical portrait of the Pied Piper, melodies by Prince Witzlaw III of Rügen, Slavonic dances, and songs by the German Minnesingers. As in his work with the ensembles Sequencia and Dialogos, Rodenkirchen's organic improvisatory approach lends a fresh perspective to works far removed in time from our present day.
Medieval music inspired by the legend of the Pied Piper, we heard two songs by Meister Alexander, performed by Norbert Rodenkirchen on his 2012 release, Hamelin, Anno 1284. Interested in expanding your own early music collection? Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources for Harmonia come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Keith Collins and Laura Osterlin. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, John Bailey, David Wood, Janelle Davis, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. <laughs>